Hello, and thanks for joining us today for the Education Doctor Radio Program, which is brought to you by Compass Education Strategies. I'm Dr. Pamela Ellis, Principal Consultant at Compass, where our mantra is Access, Thrive, Graduate. You can learn more about our firm at www.compasseducationstrategies.com. Thanks to all of my listeners today. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this program. And if you're listening to the archive of this program, I also want to thank you for listening in. The support that I've received for this program has been very reassuring that there is an interest in the topics that I've been bringing to you over the last few weeks. So thank you again for listening. Our phone lines are now open. For those of you who want to join the conversation or ask a question, please dial 714-333-3356. Our switchboard is in Southern California, but I'm broadcasting live from Dayton, Ohio. You can also email us at radio at compasseducationstrategies.com. I welcome your calls as well as your email. Today's show will focus on going back to college or going back to school after all these years. The show is being brought to you by Cush Cosmetics. Now, what do they have to do with this program? Well, the founders of this new online retailer, which specializes in formulating um, all natural products for the entire family, happens to be one of my first clients. And they were clients even before I started accepting clients. And the founders are Tony and Joseph Parker. And Joseph actually returned to get his MBA after serving many years in the private sector. He was married and he had children. And then Tony and I have had many conversations about her returning to school for another degree as well. So I know the seed has been planted there in terms of her going back. So thanks to Tony and Joseph Parker of Cush Cosmetics for bringing this particular episode today. Many of you who are listening are having some of the same thoughts. You may be thinking that you want to go to business school or law school or perhaps get a master's degree. Maybe you haven't really mentioned it to your friends but perhaps you're thinking about returning to school to finish your undergraduate degree. Right now, the college graduation rate is about 50%. For your top public schools like UC Berkeley or Michigan, the graduation rate is only slightly higher at about 65%. The real big secret is that students have been dropping out of college for years but we're just now starting to pay attention to it. And so just as the high schools are recognizing that they have a dropout problem, the colleges are realizing the same things. If you're on Twitter or Facebook, please connect with me on those sites. I regularly post the college graduation rates just to keep raising the awareness on this issue. The thing that I want to say most about it is that there's no shame in going back to college to finish what you started. So even if you haven't mentioned it to others, you can still go back and finish. Now, if you're thinking about going back 
to school or thinking about going to get your graduate degree, you're undoubtedly having some reservations as well. Of all the clients who I've counseled about returning to school, 100% of them have had unrelenting reservations. And some of the more common reservations that I hear include, I've been out of school too long. I have children. I'm married. I hate my job, but I need the money. I'm too old. I have a mortgage. I need to take a test again. So the list just keeps going on. And all of these things may be true, except it's never too late to return. The colleges and graduate schools are there, and it's up to you to overcome those fears of returning. There's never going to be a perfect time to return, and you're still going to turn 30. You're still going to turn 40. You're still going to turn 50 or 60. So how about reaching those milestone years with having that degree completed that you've been dreaming about? So where do we start? Let's start with talking about professionals who want to return to college. I'll start there. Now, if you're returning to college to finish, here are three steps that can help you with getting re-enrolled because that's um, probably the, uh, the main starting point for even thinking about going on to graduate school is just finishing up the college piece. The first step will be ordering a copy of your transcript. So just getting a copy of your transcript so that you can see what you have accomplished and start to think about what more you need to do. Secondly, contacting the office that handles returning students. And the titles of those offices will vary by campus. So um, I can't say specifically what it may be called at your school, but generally if you call the uh, office that handles admissions, they may be able to direct you in terms of the office that will handle returning students. You can contact them to find out just what resources the college offers uh, to support you in your goal of returning. They may have special programs to support students who'd like to return, who've been away for a few years. Also, they can review your transcript with you, and then you can discuss with them what additional coursework you may need to take or any other qualifications you need to have in order to graduate. Sometimes schools may have some rules around the length of time that you've been out, perhaps not. Maybe it only takes one camp, one quarter on that campus at the very end in order to graduate with a degree. So you can uh, do some other things in between that are off campus, particularly if you live in a different city from where your school, um, your undergraduate institution is located. The third thing actually speaks to filling in that gap, and that's enrolling in a class at a local community college just to get you reintegrated with studying again, 
get you accustomed to listening to lectures, having a study group again, and most importantly, enrolling in a class right now can help you with managing your time while you're doing classwork and having life (laughs) uh, happening at the same time. One of the things that I always saw that was very different from undergraduate and graduate school for me was that when I was an undergraduate, I didn't have any other life responsibilities but that. But once I went back to graduate school as an adult with a husband and with children and all of the other things that come with that, I had to really understand how to manage my time and how and what to prioritize at any given moment. And so if you have been away from school for a while and you want to think about, start thinking about getting back into school, enrolling in a class will help with starting that process. And you can enroll in one class at a time if that helps just to get reintegrated. So three steps, just three steps if you want to realize your goal of graduating from college and you've been away for a few years, ordering your transcript, contacting the office that handles returning students, and then enrolling in a class at your local community college. Those are three small steps that can help you make a big change. So the phone lines are open if you want to join the conversation. Please dial 714-333-3356, and you can also email us at radio at compasseducationstrategies.com. When we come back, I will talk more about the steps you can take for earning your graduate degree. So let's talk now about what you should be doing if you'd like to earn a graduate degree. So you're thinking about going back to business school. Maybe you're thinking about going to law school or going to a master's degree program. These strategies that I will share will apply across programs and institutions. The first step in thinking about this is planning an 18- to 24-month cycle for graduate school. Now, why do I say that? I know that sounds like a long time, and it may sound daunting for some of you, but the reason is that most applications for graduate school will be due in the fall preceding the year that you would start. So if you're planning to go to school this fall, your applications should have been completed and submitted Uh, maybe a month ago or maybe at January 1. And so right now you would be in the process of planning for going to school in year 2012. So having that cycle built in uh, really makes a difference in terms of doing all the things that you need to do in order to have a strong application for graduate school. The second thing that's part of that is that you want to take a practice graduate test early enough so that you can prepare for the official test. You can take the practice test in a simulated environment. So, for instance, most tests, um, a number of them are done in the morning time. They're scheduled then. So actually 
taking the test in the morning, blocking out that three or four hours that you need, taking breaks when you need to, to really get familiar with what's on the test and get a sense for your areas of strength and your areas of weakness on the test. And then you can use that information, the results of your practice test, to establish a study plan or either to enroll in a course. So you can enroll in a preparation course for the GMAT or for the LSAT or the GRE. Taking, having the time to actually enroll in those courses. And when you've done a practice test, you have a good sense for how to make the most of those materials that you're using. For law school, the LSAT is an important indicator for admissions. And so you want to make sure that when you're looking at the schools, you're considering the range of scores for the admitted students at those schools where you're applying. And that helps you you know, get a sense for just where you need to be on that scale and um, the kind of time you may need to put into certain sections in order to do well. For business school, the GMAT is required, and this test is challenging enough that it's really worth spending at least six to eight weeks studying for it. Um, I can tell you I remember the GMAT very well, and that was probably <laughs> the worst headache I ever had when I finished taking that test. The third tip I want to give you is getting information on a cross-section of schools. So in this early stage now, as you're thinking about applying for school coming up this fall, you want to get information on a cross-section of schools. And by cross-section, I'm referring to a range of selectivity. So if you dream of attending UVA's law school or the Haas School of Business at Berkeley, it should be on your list. Don't be intimidated by what their scores are. You should still apply. But your list should also include one or two schools which may not be as selective, just so you can cover your bases. Either way, the schools where you are applying, um, you know, the schools among that short list, they should be schools that could be a good fit for you. And you can request information from any number of schools just to get a sense for the types of programs that are out there and then apply to that select few that really meet what your needs are and what your goals are for after school. The next tip that I want to give you before the, our break again is to be prepared to spend hundreds of dollars or maybe even a couple of thousand dollars for this process. It's, it will take about $200 or more just to take the exam. If you take a a test preparation course that could be another two or three thousand, depending on where you live or whether or not you take it online or take it in in person. If you do it individualized, it could be perhaps four or five thousand dollars. And then the application themselves usually start at about a hundred dollars. So this whole application process for graduate school will be an investment of your time and also of your money as well. So just being aware that that will be the case when you start down this path. So our phone lines, again, are open. The number is 714-333-3356.
And you can also email us at radio at compasseducationstrategies.com. And right after our quick break, I have just a few more tips that you won't hear anywhere else but right here on the Education Doctor Radio Show. So hold on. So for these final tips around graduate school, these, again, are some tips that you won't hear anywhere anywhere else but right here, so I'm glad you're listening in for this. The next step that I advise you to do is to look at the most recent application for that school just to get a sense for what the essay questions were because usually they are the same year to year. Look at who the school's requests for a recommendation. Uh, perhaps they're asking for a recommendation from a, a recent supervisor, and you think, uh-oh, I, I don't know of a supervisor that I would want to write a recommendation about me. That's great because it's good to know it now than to find it out later on when you're starting the application process for real. So this will give you a sense for that. Also, too, they'll have a lot of spaces for you to write about different activities you've done or community service work. Maybe you haven't done anything. That's okay. At least you know it now. So I'm not saying this to suggest that you start padding your resume in any way, but it does help you to navigate the process more readily when you apply later because you already know what you're getting into. And also, too, if you haven't looked at your transcript in the last 10 years, you can order it at this time and just review it because you'll need to know just how that transcript will fit within the portfolio of information that you'll submit. So if your quantitative scores are weak or maybe you haven't even had any quantitative classes but you want to go to a business school program, then perhaps you need to really work on building up that GMAT score in that area or you need to maybe take a class in the next year in economics or something to show that you can really do well in the program. The next thing is to plan to attend a professional conference of one of the student associations or maybe the MBA Association or the Law Association, plan to attend one of those conferences. They have a lot of great information there. And then also, if you're unable to go to the conference, you can visit their website and you can get a lot of information around fellowships and other recruiting events that may be happening in your area. And if you're concerned about just how to pay for graduate school, there, there are a number of resources out there that can support your efforts. And so really tapping into people who've already gotten fellowships, organizations that um, recruit for those um, resources, they're out there, and you can usually tap into them through those professional associations. And then the final thing that I want to add to this um, list that we have about going to, gra going to graduate school is reading the publications uh, from the faculty or from that school where you're planning to apply, particularly if you're thinking about uh, a doctorate program or a master's program, know what those professors have been writing about, and it will make all the difference in your application, the way it reads, what you have to say, because many times they are also readers on those applications, and if you can share what you know about that institution in a more 
personalized way and show that you have taken an interest in terms of reading their publications is really impressive. So I highly recommend that. Before we um, take calls and before I read a couple of the emails that I've received, I wanted to just recap over our list. So one is planning an 18 to 24-month cycle for graduate school, taking the practice test early enough so that you can really uh, have time to study for it and know what you're getting into. Third is getting information on a cross-section of schools, so cross-section by selectivity. And then fourthly, being prepared to spend the money for the entire process, so for the applications, taking the exams, taking any test prep courses, going to conference, what have you, being prepared to make that investment. And then fifth, looking at the most recent applications. Boy, can you get a lot of information from looking at those old applications, the ones from you know the most recent years and seeing what they ask students to submit, what kind of essay questions, and it will give you a sense for who to think about asking um, to do your recommendation. And just one thing I will say about the recommendation, you want someone who knows you well, and also someone who can write well. I can't emphasize that enough. So your boss may know you well, and he may be able to say some great things about you, or she may be able to say some great things about you, but if she's a poor writer, that will not help your application. So you really want to give some thought around who knows you well and who can write well. If there are people that you've known many years ago and maybe have lost touch, this is the time when you can reconnect with them and say, hey, I'm thinking about applying to school in the next couple of years, in the next year even, and I'm, I'd like to ask you to write a recommendation. And I would say put together a list of the things that you've done. You can write a description, share a resume with them so that they will know some things to say and consider that all um, in terms of your portfolio of information, and it will really strengthen your application. So choose those recommenders wisely. Um, the sixth thing was planning to attend a professional conference, one of the conferences for the student associations or the professional national conference, getting some really good information for that. And then the seventh tip was reading the publications from the faculty of that institution. And now it's so much easier to locate uh, some of their writings either through Google Scholar or in some of the uh, publications in a local library, or you can go visit a college in your area and perhaps tap into their library and learn what they've been writing about. That will give you some good information for your application and help you in thinking about, is this really the school that I want to attend given what their faculty are writing? So, again, the phone lines are open. The call-in number is 714-333-3356. So I received in an email from Crystal, and you can email me questions at any time to radio at compasseducationstrategies.com. This is from Crystal in Little Rock. She says, I want to go to law school, but I'm concerned about the expense and the LSAT. 
So what do you think? Well, Crystal, I think a lot about that. So here is my short answer. Uh, one, checking the student law associations. Uh, there are a number of them um, that you can tap into and get some information. You can also call the schools where you're interested in applying and ask them about how other students have been funded for their, for their education and then contact those sources that other students have used. And then with with the LSAT, start studying right away for that. It takes at least a good six to eight weeks um, to get it under your belt, and I highly recommend that you spend the time really studying for that. And then think about what you want to do with your law degree or where you want to practice afterwards because you don't want to waste your time at a school that won't support you in reaching your career goals that you have after graduation. And so that will really uh, be key because if you want to work at a law firm, sometimes they're only looking at certain schools. And so if that's what you want to do, then perhaps look at where their partners and where their associates went to school and where they recruit to think about that. So I'm sorry that we are running out of time. Um, I keep the shows to just 30 minutes so that it will be you know, some good information for you, and you can still get on with all the other things you have going on. So this wraps up our show for today, which was brought to you by Cush Cosmetics. And next week we'll be on the air with the founder of WelcomeToCollege.com, which is Justin Bayer, to talk about campus visits. And no matter the school or program where you're applying, a campus visit is a must. So you have to do it. So even if you're planning to apply to graduate school in the fall, go visit the schools in the spring and really get to see them in action and what they're about. So we'll be sharing a lot more and um, helping you with really making the most of those visits. We also have some great shows coming up in the upcoming weeks. We're going to talk about summer programs, standardized testing, uh, a number of good topic ideas that I've received by email. And the point of those shows is just to really give you some strategic and practical information um, for your education. So please join us again on the Education Doctor Radio. The Education Doctor Radio program is brought to you by Compass Education Strategies. Thanks so much for joining us, and until we meet again, access, thrive, graduate.